fourth watch starts now. to the fourth watch with Justin Fall on the Fourth Watch Radio Network. I hope everyone's having a blessed week. Tonight we're going to be exploring some interesting technologies that are leading us right into a brave new world. A world with seemingly endless possibilities. Unfortunately, these possibilities come with a heavy price. We've got a lot to cover, so let's go ahead and start the adventure. Submitted for the approval of the Fourth Watch Radio Network. I call this episode Dark Technologies of Transhumanism with special guest Greg Nicoletos. It seems like every month or so, our phones and computers need to be updated with the latest software that will enhance our user experience. We're even sold a desire to always be up to date with the latest and greatest technologies, all to better our lives. Could this be a conditioning agenda that's preparing the world for the coming rule of the Antichrist? And all the amazing things he's going to do and offer us? Could we possibly be victims and the technology advancements that we're seeing come before us? Tonight we're going to be talking with technology expert Greg Nicoletos, who has a strong background in information technology. And he even left his career with major corporations that are pioneers in this new age of technology that's dawning. So let's go ahead and go to the line with Greg Nicoletos live from Australia. Greg, welcome to the fourth watch. How are you tonight? Yeah, good to be on, man. Uh, a lot's happening, so let's discuss it. So, real quick, just to kind of give everybody an idea, because uh, I know I know I've got a handful of listeners who are familiar with your work. They followed you over the years, but I've got a lot of people that probably don't know a whole lot about transhumanism. They probably don't know a whole lot about your history. Um, tell us a little bit about your background. Um, my background's information technology. Um, worked for Apple and Xerox, so that is basically where my my background comes from. I'm, I'm no longer in that field, um, but it was um, a good bedrock to basically, you know, to tackle transhumanism because the agendas that they are trying to pull pull off. I mean. It's just science fiction. It's you, you. You just can't even believe that we've we've got to where we're at right now and where we're going. So, I, I, you know, I, I guess the the one thing that I see a lot that's happening out there as well is, um, and I call it the major attraction being distraction. Is um, you know, you got your chemtrails, you got your nine eleven, you got your fracking, you've got you know. Terror, cyber terrorism, blah, 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 blah. And the point is, is they want us to be focused on what I consider to be lesser conspiracy theories, right? And then if you can focus the masses and we can ha- all be arguing over chemtrails, look, there goes another chemtrail, but they're basically building in the Trojan horse. And I, I can say this is the same camp that basically brought the nuclear bomb, and transhumanism is a lot more um, dangerous to humanity than what, than what the nuclear bomb is. So you've even got the likes of Stephen Hawking, who he basically was all for humanity to evolve into machine and eventually, you know, human DNA would become redundant. I mean, look, 
they're taking some major guesses. It's they've got no idea how um, how you know strong artificial intelligence is, and and, and what what to the user what strong artificial intelligence is on a low end level. You look at Siri. Siri is basically an artificial intelligence program built into um, into the Apple OS, and the more you correspond with her, the more she gets to know, and the more she. She becomes congruent with who you are, what your needs are, and the like. So they're building what's called the Strong Artelect program. So it's basically IBM is um, reverse engineering the, the neurological brain in silicon. You've got Cisco that will control the planetary skin. You have got Hewlett Packard control the trillions of sensors of RFID in the oceans, in the forests, in the dust particles. Google will actually run the information flows of the actual, of of the being. The operating system um, might be handed over to Bill Gates. We still don't know. But at the end of the day, the, the goal is by 2045, and I still haven't got down to the bottom of why they choose that date. That has to be an occult reason behind it. But you basically have got, you know, the singularity approach from Ray Kurzweil, and then you've also got the 2045 project coming all the way from Russia, which I couldn't believe. The ramifications are already being seen. I mean, Bill Gates is projected by 2025 that, one third of jobs are going to be done by robotics, automation, or software. So if you don't have a skill set, expect to be replaced by robots. And the major area that they're going to focus on is obviously the military. The, the military will one day become redundant. You know, they can work 24-7. They don't ask for a pay rise. They don't need a holiday. And um, there's no money to pay once you've actually paid for the outlay. You talked about the idea of machines taking over. And uh, in the job force, the workforce. And yes. now, now, first of all, somebody who owns a business, they hear something like that. If they're if they're corporately you know, corporate minded, they're going to say this is a great thing. We can replace people with machines, and we save a lot of money. And that's the same mentality as the military. But you talk to people like you and I who have to work for a living. It's like okay, well, that's going to take away any chance of us being a productive consumer. So. This goes back to eugenics just a little bit, because if you think about it, the idea of eugenics um, and I, what is it? Uh, Bernard Shaw, I, yeah. I believe it was him that said you set somebody up on a pedestal and you ask him the question. Do you contribute? Do you contribute? You know, are you a nonproductive consumer? And if you're a nonproductive consumer, you're basically just consuming everything that's available without giving back. So if they can force you into that situation of being a non-productive consumer, then you're all of a sudden a target for eugenics and you're, you're not worth anything. You can't prove your worth to the powers to be. So they want to force people into that lower social caste system so that they can't produce. You know, there's a lot of doom and gloom at the end of the world at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, the Internet of Things still has to be built. It's still... Um, there's still certain things that need to happen. So the whole the whole idea of the transhumanist agenda, it's it's actually there's really not one particular area of agenda. They've got a umbrella of of different things they're working on in this, and we've got the robotic side of things, which we already see the beginning stages happening with the human tracking, the the smartphone technology, the internet. Um, I mean, everything that we're doing is being tracked. They're tracking your purchases. You log in Facebook. And you've got a, a banner of ads on the right side of your Facebook page advertising whatever you've been buying online. They're already tracking every move exactly. you're making. And, you know, since we started the movement, they use the word implantable. So 
Since they've got a think tank together and they've moved the word implantable to be called a wearable or an augmentation, so it doesn't sound as invasive. I mean, look, there's things coming down the line like implantable smartphones where you will basically be able to implant your smartphone on your on your actual arm as a digital tattoo. You'll be able to scan it. You'll be able to to surf. And you know, most people are already attached to their phone as though it's it's it is their right arm. So you know, these things are coming down the line. Basically, a lot of people hear the the, the term implantable microchip, and you know, I'd, I'd say it's probably a split because you got some people that say, well, it's got a lot of good about it. It's it's got a lot of medical benefits and information benefits, and, and they give you all sorts of these different emergency case scenarios where the microchip would be a good thing. And then you've got the other half of the people, and they say, well, it's intrusive, uh, it, it, tumors you know, tumors grow around it because it's not supposed to be in your body. But let's talk about what the real, if you have the implantable microchip, what are some of the things that the Illuminati, the New World Order, the powers to be, what are some things they can do to control your life if you have the implantable microchip? The Google um, Motorola DNA chip is, um, it's almost like a, a flexible Band-Aid. It's, it's not actually an intrusive chip. Now, the, the question is, does it fit into the biblical um, statement of Karakma? Does it actually split or etch the skin? Or, I don't know. I haven't actually seen one. But the very chip, which is now called Veritech, I think just because of so many hit pieces that were done against the company, um, they decided to change names. I just checked their website just last week ago, and they haven't really progressed. I mean, they've got the they've got the sensors network, which is attached to it. So um, they're really moving along the lines of um, patient identification. But more than that. Um, in case a pandemic breaks, they can basically have, you know, a SARS detector built in, um, an Ebola detector built in. So what it comes down to is these chips could just lay dormant for, you know, 15 years, 10 years, and then all you basically need is, is a major outbreak. You, you've basically gone from, you know, very cheap or Google striking a deal with the CDC and then basically you need to prove to the system that you're clean that you, so you can actually access the goods. So um, going back to the Google Motorola DNA chip, um, it's got payment services on there. It's got uh, medical records, identity, biometrics. It also uses near-field communications, which is um, – Basically, RFID on steroids. Apple has also has also centered itself on, on NFC, so you'll see that rolled out. The, the Google also has an EEG and EMG chip on there as well, which is basically um, a mind reading um, device as well. Now, the the point is, it can also send biofeedback signals back. So, you know, Greg's not thinking correctly. Well, let's correct his thoughts. So. This technology is already there. Now, the question I have, if, if it is a DNA chip, will it actually corrupt your damaged stock and, um, and turn you a Nephilim? I don't know. It, it sounds ridiculous. but I mean, what you're saying here, they've, they've called it the DNA chip. I mean, they know something. That's right. They know That's something right. that, w- that the public doesn't know. 
Oh, well, they'd have no clue. I mean, it just sounds like lunacy. I mean, when the, the, the Mark of the Beast is rolled out, there'll be a line-up for it. It'll have $200 loaded credit on there. And look, people will want it. We'll be in the minority. It's as simple as that. Okay, so I have a couple questions about this. And I'm glad you brought up the Nephilim idea because people often, they, they hear the word Nephilim and they think giants. But as I've talked about in, in past shows with L.A. Marzulli and with others, through my research, we have found that the Nephilim today that are walking the earth, they're not giants. We're dealing with hybrid creatures that have been created somehow demonically with different types of DNA modification, uh, intertwining different, uh, different types of animal DNA, human DNA to create these superhumans. And what we have here is a, a chip now that it seems that it could alter your DNA. And, and let me tell you why I think this is true. They recently came out with a study, and I think you've probably heard about this, Greg. They have a type of chip. It's a, a nanobot chip that they're saying, uh, in theory, you could take the nanobot chip and it will replicate in your system. That's actually, um, that's a smart, th- it was only released two weeks ago, actually, by Google, which is um, basically a, an array of, of, of nanobots with antennas that will um, basically scout for cancer in everyone's body. Now... So if these things are replicating in your body, I mean, they're replicating just like your DNA would replicate. Correct. Yeah. So what we're dealing with here is a technology that replicates just like your own DNA does. It affects your DNA. So in essence, it's causing your DNA to turn. It's changing your DNA. So you're Exactly. No- and, and, and what I'm saying is, you know, to bring a cashless society through, you, you don't need to release a DNA chip. There's... Um, there's agendas behind this, you know what I mean? So, um, you, you know, w- with the Google DNA chip, you, you basically would be, you know, wirelessly connected to the Internet of Things. But more than that, you know, when you have one of these chips and when you look at, at, the, wor- at the Hebrew word of worship, even extending a hand to make a payment for something is considered worship. But the payment system will be like a... A system which will be worshipped towards the art select or to the um, or to the mainframe, basically, in real time. So people are going to take the chip because it's they're going to promise people all these good things about it. And at the end of the day, it's a payment system. You're, oh, well, it makes your payments easier. You get into the nightclubs. You can go do whatever you want to do. You can order your food. It'll actually read your thoughts and it will communicate back to the hive. Correct. And look at Oculus. I mean, Facebook acquired Oculus. If you just look at the symbology, it's just got this all-seeing eye. And people are walking around and, you know, they say, oh, we don't know where we are. I mean, I mean, could you be in the ethereal plane or the ethereal plane and basically be communicating with, with undead creatures or, or zombies? Or oh, I wouldn't have a clue, but... Oculus is going to absolutely explode. I mean, currently Samsung has released their their headsets at $350. Wait till you see the porn industry jump on this. I mean, look at porn. I mean, the the uptake is massive. It's it's huge. I mean, um, the other question I have as well for the end user as well to understand is, you know, why is porn is porn free in this day and age? I mean, you you got to pay for you got to pay for your fuel. You got to pay for your um, your car. You got to pay for your food. But porn, mysteriously, free for everyone. So it's just to destroy the um, fabric of society. But then once you introduce three um, D porn and um, you know photorealistic, um, like I haven't used the Oculus, but what, from what I've seen, you know, God help the next generation. 
It's um, like my son said, I want an Oculus. I said, I, well, you can leave the house. But you see, that's the thing is that they're using these different types of methods to get people enticed and especially children. This is going to be used for the gaming world. Yeah. Absolutely. And like, look, World of Warcraft has now become the stable. And, and, and when you look at World of Warcraft, you, you, all you see on the screen is basically pentagrams, different creatures. And it's, look, it's got a subscription base, I think, of 12.9 million per month. And Oculus aims to have 1 billion people on the platform itself. So, um, you know, you have a look at four people basically sitting with an Oculus set and, and playing a game that they just look just totally detached from society and, and robots. It's, you know, I can make the decision, but, you know, when all my um, son's friends start getting Oculus and then he's left out, I mean, is he going to rebel when, when he finally can get the Oculus? Okay, hold on. Let, let, let's backtrack real quick because you, you said some things here that, that have raised up a few questions. When I was in college... I had to take some psychology classes and I did my thesis uh, my, on my third psychology course on brainwave technology and uh, behavioral neuroscience. And I learned in my research that they've got a technology to connect somebody to a computer and they can put that person through a certain, a certain treatment, whether it be drugs, sex, abuse, and then they can record their brain patterns and then they can take those brain patterns and they can, if somebody has the right connection, if they're connected to the computer or if they've got a microchip, they can actually communicate that same experience to the person without them ever having to experience it for real. But they're going to feel it just like it was real. Well, that's what Oculus will bring us, basically. It'll bring us, you know, the... They kind of they play it along the lines because it's not real, it's not real, right? But look, I used to code, right? And, and this is a theory I have. Code is, is, is a language in itself. It's, 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 a mystery, it's a mystery language. You get all these set parameters to code within. But, you know, at the end of the day, you, you're working almost with a language that I wouldn't say magical connotations to it, but it, it's, it goes deeper than just just the normal programming language. I'll tell you that much. Some of the stuff just made no sense. No, here's the question, okay? Because you're talking about code. What's interesting about this is when you connect somebody to the computer and you record their experience. Let's just say you torture somebody. If the government could record a torture session with somebody and then have that on the system, and then they take somebody who they're going to tell everyone, oh, well, they're a alleged terrorist. They hook the terrorist up to the computer, and then they can put that person through torture without literally touching them now what's happening is when they're recording these different behaviors they're recording these different brain patterns it's actually being recorded as its own code but it's a natural occurring code in the brain but it's being recorded by a computer so, so if you can transfer that you basically transfer the experience now let me take everybody back to the movie called judge dread with sylvester stallone he's basically cryogenically frozen and then he comes back in the future and he meets Sandra Bullock and they start hanging out and they come back to, I think it's her apartment. And she says, basically, let's have sex. And, yeah. and, and Stallone gets excited. He's been frozen for so many years. And he says, oh, great, let's have sex. And he goes to touch her and she freaks <laughs> out. And, and he says, what's wrong? You said you wanted to you said you wanted to have sex. And she says, no, we don't touch anyone. And then she pulls out these headsets and she says, this is how we have sex in the future. And they put on these headsets and they're able to experience the sex, the feeling of having intercourse without even touching each other 
through this type of technology. So it, it'll easily be achieved. I mean, o- o- Oculus is it's just the developers now have to keep up, basically. You, you know, the little that I've seen of Oculus is it's scary stuff. It's it, it really is. And Sony has also gone heavily into um, virtual reality. So, so when you couple virtual reality with augmented reality, you know, I was raised on an Atari and I mean, um, I was addicted enough to that. I mean, you know, imagine kids submersed in different environments where you've got, you know, different entities arriving at them. I mean, how is that not going to mess them up in the head? Well, it's, it's definitely going to mess them up. It's going to give them an artificial expectance of what reality really is. And they're going to expect everything to be that way. And, and what's really dangerous about this? This, I mean, people are already addicted to video games. Uh, one of my best friends, his uh, his stepson is a master gamer. The kid is just, he's great when it comes to video games. I'll go visit. I'll walk in his room to, to say, hey, what's up, dude? He will literally be able to have a conversation with me. Like he will have a, like, he is completely focused on talking to me, but he's looking at the screen. He's got his Bluetooth headset on and he's playing this game with like 10 other people around the world while he's having a conversation with me. And he, yeah. I mean, this is, people are already so addicted to their gaming. And so you take this technology and you, you evolve it into the next, what you're talking about with the Oculus, people are going to be able to experience the game like they've never experienced it. And that same mindset, people will be able to experience different things. Talk about a drug addict. Somebody can get their drug fix simulated and they'll never leave the house. If they can pay their monthly fees, their subscriptions like you're talking about, they can literally experience anything and everything, I mean, debauchery, anything and everything that they can have pre-coded or recorded into a system, they can experience that. So it's almost... Exactly, and because it's virtual reality, it's not real. So, I mean, if I want to experience, um, you know, a session as a pedophile, well, I'm sure I can do that. And um, how about we investigate murder and rape and... Um, I mean, it, it, it has no boundaries, and that's the whole point is to, to break down the, the social and moral boundaries that we have. And how do you introduce it? Introduce it through entertainment. People are already addicted to whatever it is they're addicted to. This gives them a, a way to evolve that addiction without necessarily looking at side effects because it's all digital. It's almost like an astral projection, but it's digital. Now, the question that I have, there's definitely some demonic ramifications here, obviously. I mean, there's no telling really to what end this is going to be. I mean, people are going to be addicted to this, but let's take it to the next step. Let's talk about putting an implantable microchip into somebody to where they've got the hardware in their body to be able to experience these things to the fullest. Yeah. And that's where my concern comes in. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not okay with the Oculus. I'm not okay with these these new technologies because I see it as a, as a precursor to the actual Im- implanting of the microchip. And I think it was you that mentioned maybe a year ago. Uh, I don't know if it was you or if it was Wes talked about Sega having a chip, an implantable Sega chip. Are, was that you that told me about that? No, it, was, it wasn't. It wasn't. Now they don't. They haven't put the chip out there. It was all being worked on behind the scenes. But there was a, a leak that talked about an implantable chip that was owned by Sega, and for people who don't know, Sega used to have a gaming system called Sega Genesis, Dreamcast. Yeah. But it's it's we're seeing these different industries all wanting to grapple this technology and use it to benefit their industry. So it's going to be a huge thing, and it's already, I mean, we're already seeing with the Google Glasses, it, it blows my mind where this is going. 
But this is going to allow people to literally experience anything and everything they want to experience without having to go and do it. And what's scary about this is, as I think back to Satan when he was trying to tempt Jesus, talking about bow down and worship me and all the kingdoms of this world will be yours. And yeah. people are going to be able to experience all the kingdoms of this world with this type of technology. Yeah, and, and that's what we need to understand. I mean, I'm not sure what the Blimp project's called from Google, but they're actually releasing free Google Blimps into Africa and to countries that do not have Wi-Fi. So, you, you know, the guy that's starving and has no food, um, you know, at, at least he's got access to the internet. So, you know, thank God for Google. At the end of the day, it's it's a case of, of of getting everyone online. That that's the major that's the major goal. It's 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 above curing world poverty and and all things like that. Google is is basically as we speak releasing Google blimps for free internet. So you know, with, within five to ten years, you, you won't have to pay for your internet. It'll be free. They, they'll want you online. And the benefit of that, the benefit of that from their perspective is it's taking their ability to track your every move to the next level. They can track everything you're searching even easier now because currently there are some ways you can search the internet privately. Uh, you can open uh, incognito browsers and they've got different search engines that, that claim to be secure. But when you're using their free internet, they've got complete control over you. Well, I used to think it was, look, start page that's promoted by Genesis, That that's not, um, that, that's got censoring. The, the only secure website was Tor, but then um, Tor basically released a Facebook plugin about three months ago. So um, what does that tell you? So even that's been compromised, basically. So I, I guess with people, I, what I say is, is forget about privacy. It's gone. I mean, if you're sitting around worrying about they're going to track my movements, they're, they're tracking everything. I mean... You know, your iPhone with your with the GPS and compass can locate you within five millimeters. Well, that takes us back to the Batman movie where uh, Morgan Freeman had had this technology he was trying to suppress where the iPhones could literally take a 3D image or whatever kind of phone. I don't know what, you know, any type of smartphone could take a 3D imaging rendering of whatever the room is that you're in. So if you're sitting in your in your living room, your phone can literally somehow take a 3D image rendering of your room. Well, well, the NSA actually released some documents that was in relation to terrorism that said with with um, Google Earth that they can basically view any place, any time, any location. So even five kilometers down into the Earth, the capacity. I mean, look, look what they give us to play with with Google Earth. Imagine the technology they have. But um, the one thing that I did want to touch on, which will have huge uptake, which is basically a company called BrainGate, which is moving towards and they're working with Intel to develop brain chips by the year 2020. What these brain chips will basically allow is for you to actually surf the internet without actually using a browser. So your, your brain basically becomes the internet. So... You can go to a meeting, um, sit down, look at your boss, and, and be watching porn while you're sitting there looking at him in the face. Okay, so the brain the brain chip that we're talking about here, what's the difference in that brain chip and the chip that we were talking about over the last 10 years called the MMEA chip? I believe it was Hugo DeGarris that, that came out talking about the MMEA chip, and that was it was the chip that was placed in the... Um, the frontal lobe of the brain, I believe, and they were putting it in animals. I believe that's what they put into the bull. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's no, it's just a completely different chip, basically. Um, it's it's like an aspirin, basically, and it's got an actual um, array of electrodes implanted into the brain. Once the actual implant is basically put on, it shows that neural signals are then decoded by a computer in real time and then used to operate external devices. So you can switch off your TV. You basically become a cyborg. The pineal gland is the gland yeah. in the brain. And it's it, what's interesting is, and, and I've got a show coming up uh, with Ark from Destiny Lab. We're going to be talking about the pineal gland a little deeper. But since man has been dissected for the first time years ago, maybe even before, maybe the fallen angels even taught this, but we've known about the pineal gland and that it has something to do with the mind's eye and spirituality, your ability to experience the spiritual realm. So when you put a, a chip in the brain, you're talking about be, being able to synthesize religion. Correct. And, and look, the pineal gland, um, if you look at it, somebody who's had fluoride for 10 years, the calcification of the pineal gland is, is, is basically half destroyed. The pineal gland also regulates melatonin release. So a lot of people wonder why they can't sleep. It's because their pineal gland has basically been um, destroyed. But there, there is a compound called EDTA, which basically chelates the the actual pineal gland. So the, the FDA obviously says that the compound isn't safe because they don't want you functioning as an autonomous being that can actually think. So by, by putting the fluoride in the water since, what was it, the 50s or the 60s, I forget when they started really pouring it into the water here in America, it was a it was a scheme to start chipping away at people's ability to think about God, think about religion, experience the spirituality that we were created for. And also, that's one of the, the implications of the chip. You're going to basically have an artificial pineal gland. It's literally, it's a synthetic pineal gland, basically. I'd agree with that. And what's scary about that. that is they're going to be able to put in that false religion of the Antichrist. The love, peace, joy, everybody come together under one world leader, and he's going to basically breastfeed everybody this artificial joy through the chip. And that's what's so scary about this. The, these guys that are building the strong AI are, are, are somehow think in the back of their heads that they, they think that once the AI beast is built – that they will be looked upon favorably as though, oh, well, you know, thank you for constructing me. And that's not going to be the case. I mean, we're talking about something that has no empathy whatsoever, cares only about its own growth and its own power. And what do you get from a human being when you've already achieved strong artificial intelligence? And then the, the, the question is, is what is strong artificial intelligence? I mean, um, is it when it becomes self-aware? Is it when... Satan steps into the mainframe himself and takes over control. Look, there's just so many unanswered questions. It's not funny. Well, I think one of the things that sticks out to me when I start considering all the microchipping, um, coming up uh, on the next show that I'm going to be doing with Al Cuppet, we're going to be talking about the red and blue list. I don't want to give too much of that away right now, but the interesting thing is the red and blue list is going to be used to shuffle people. It's the government list of basically who the people are, who are in opposition to the New World Order. So yeah. they're going to use this list, and this list goes back to Nazi Germany. Again, we're going to do a total breakdown of this uh, coming up next week without Cuppet. But the thing about it is, if everybody has the chip, we'll just say the DNA chip, the basic chip, your, it's your, your national ID or your, your world ID, whatever they're going to call it. And I think it'll probably start off as a national ID 
and eventually it'll just be tied into the world ID because you already have it. It can be upgraded uh, with software, you know, however they're going to sell it. That, that doesn't really matter. But once you have this chip, there's no way of really deactivating the chip on your own. So you'll be able to be located at any given second when they want to come find you. Now, the other thing that sticks out to me is that with this chip, if the chip is altering your DNA, if they can utilize this technology to listen to what the thoughts that are going through your head. And listen, people, if you think this sounds just too science fiction, let me tell you something. When you go on your computer and you fire it up and you see all these cool graphics and these applications and all this fancy looking stuff on your phones, if you could just see what it really is, it's just a bunch of ones and zeros. Okay. That's right. Monitoring. Yeah. Now, now that's why I, I, I really want to break this down real quick because people are hearing this and they're saying, Oh, this just, this is just too much to take in. I can't, I can't fathom this. Everything that you have that's technology, anything that's computer based, you you know, these graphics, these cool programs, all this cool, the, the colors, the lights, all this cool stuff in your software. It's all basically ones and zeros. That's what's behind it all. So your thought process can be recorded in ones and zeros. And then a computer can break that code down and translate it. So, and really, this is not a conspiracy theory. This is called technology. This is a fact. You can look into this stuff to back it up. But if your thoughts are being recorded in ones and zeros and then translated into a system when they want to look at your file, you're dealing with thought crimes. At this point, they know exactly yeah, what you're you thinking. Are. I mean, seriously, they know what you're thinking. They know that they know if you agree with the current leadership, whether you disagree with it. They know everything that's going through your mind. All they have to do is pull up your file and translate those ones and zeros. There was a news article last week which actually showed police getting the number plates of the person and then actually they've got an app that basically shows your threat to the system based on your Facebook post. So you've got guys with Google glasses now entering into pubs and arresting people. So they keep it on the low, but Robocop will become an eventuality. In the New Age movement, you hear about the aura, people's aura, the color of their aura, stuff like that. There's ways, using different types of cameras, they can actually read your mood, you know, how you're feeling, your mood. Yeah. Are, you, are you upset? Are you happy? Are you neutral? Are you depressed? They can pick up a certain color in some of these camera technologies. And so if a police officer has these Google glasses and they've got the right software, they pull you over and you're not in a good mood. Oh, well, you're a threat. I, I see right now you're a threat because, you know, and you may have just got off work and you're upset about something that happened at work. You might have just got laid off. Your wife was cheating on you, whatever. Your mood is affected. Well, they look at you as a threat now because they've got a technology to read your emotions. And that's already a real technology that's happening right now. Not to say that the police are using these glasses for that purpose. I'm just explaining what the how they can execute this technology that's already about. Yeah, well, Facebook's OCR scanned us all. It's only been shared with the police force, basically. So, you know, it would be pretty creepy if you, you know, you bought your Google Glasses and then just walked down the road and went, oh, there's Joanna, there's Bob, there's Bill, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, they leaked the information out, but the information's there. As a side note as well, Oculus is actually a minor demonic entity. I'm not, I'm not sure where it's from. I think it's Pakistan. Just Google it. So a lot of these projects have demonic names. Yeah, it's, it's, it's in your face. Even when you look at Siri, she's basically a demigod. She looks like a bull with gold chains around her. So, you know, they, they don't choose these names lightly. There's a purpose behind them, you know. And when you probe Siri, I mean, just ask her questions like, are you a witch? 
Um, ask her that three times. She admittedly, she admits to it. You know, she's comprised of glass and steel. She lives in the cloud. Um, she has sex with Satan. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous, but it's, it's happening. The technology is going to get to the point when we go to the book of Revelation, it talks about men are going to be seeking death and they won't be able to find it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I can't help but to look at certain technology. Um, you know, we have what's called an intelligence indicator. And what we do is we, we take the things that we do know and we compare them with other things that are similar and we try to pull the most information we can. And sometimes we speculate a little bit, but with this whole technology, we look at what the, what the scripture says about what's going to be taking place during the great tribulation, because there's going to be so much deception taking place. And once you have the mark, something happens. Now, I want to take us back to what we talked about earlier with the altering of your DNA, because I think that this is actually a parallel with what the book of Revelation talks about. Once you take the mark, you're done. I mean, you're you're moved into the category of you're basically a child of Satan because yeah. something happens. Something has to happen in your mind and in your DNA to cause the switch. And it's a spiritual switch. That's what's so crazy. Because if your spirit can't get saved, something has happened in your spiritual makeup that is keeping you from that. Now, some people are going to say, oh, you're reading too much into this. That just, you know, the Bible's talking about you're just deceived. Well, you are deceived, but once you take the technology, and like Greg said, Satan is working with the technology because that's what he has. He's not omnipresent. He's not all-powerful. And he's trying to compete with an all-powerful God. And he will never be able to compete with Yahweh, but Yahweh has given Satan the power. I mean, it says in the scripture that he's the, the he's literally the ruler of this world. And it's only for a time, but he's been working this technology. And if you go back to the, the book of Enoch, the fallen angels were teaching mankind technology. So it's nothing new. These things have been getting greater and greater and greater, just like the technology of the Nephilim has been evolving over the years to where the Nephilim aren't a bunch of bloodthirsty giants running around stepping on people. I mean, now we're dealing with a whole different breed. But like Greg said, when you take this chip, when your DNA is altered, you're not a human anymore. And when you're not a human, you're a hybrid. I think it's pretty obvious what's going on here. Now, let me just kind of move us into a different direction real quick. A lot of times when we think about transhumanism, uh, the first thing that pops into our mind is machines. You know, we, we yeah. know about the Terminator, the different types of mechanical subhuman creatures that we've seen in movies. But in reality, that's on the robotic side of things. That's only one part of the transhumanist agenda, because we also have the whole study of transgenics dealing with evolving DNA without the use of robots. Well, look, just last week, there was a guy that's actually released. It's a little vol kit, which basically allows you to mutate a cockroach with a fly and create a new human, a, a, a new um, organism altogether. <laughs> that's crazy. So, so, and that was just last week. And I read that and I just thought, I mean, is that, I mean, what's that going to do to the ecosystem? You know, like, I mean, well, we're creating creatures that, you know, we're not even meant to be created. But let's look at it like this. And I'm not trying to put fear in anybody when I say this, but the interesting thought here, you say there hasn't been a whole lot of huge breakthroughs over the past six years. But again, that's only based on what they're publishing. Yes. So obviously yes. they are they are making progress behind the scenes, but they're just not publishing at all. They're only letting out little increments here and there over the past six years. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So one of the things that kind of sticks out here. 
and I don't want to get us onto too much of a tangent, but it's really interesting. You know, one of my listeners had turned me on to some information that I looked into, a part-time chef. He turned me on to some information about the men in black. And people, they had this this kind of a, a childish mentality. It's like, oh, well, men in black, they're these funny guys like Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. They run around making yeah. jokes and, and trapping aliens. But what's crazy about this is there's a group of people out there who believe that the men in black are transgenic super soldiers. Basically, they call them like cyber vampires. They are not normal humans. They've been altered. Their DNA has changed into a sub-creature, which is part something. We don't know. I mean, quite frankly, I I don't know. But basically, there's some sort of a transgenic mutation that gives them certain powers that the normal human wouldn't have. And I remember there was an article that came out this past year talking about superpowers for purchase. And they broke down some of these different technologies, including the Google Glasses, the Google Contact, different things like that, that will allow people, if they have the money, to upgrade their genome. Wow. So, and again, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get too much into the whole men in black thing right now because I don't have all the information in front of me and I don't want to put out any false information, but there's a guy right now who's, who's out doing secret interviews who claims to be a retired men in black. And he's telling about some of the technology that they've altered in his body. And, and again, I can't sit back. I can't, I can't validate it and say it's hundred percent accurate, but the things that he's saying seems to be right in line. Again, we're talking about an intelligence indicator. It seems to be in line with the technology that you and I are talking about, being able to evolve the human genome into the next level, the next state of consciousness. Oh, well, it's, it's going to happen. And, you know, you know, it's just whether Google or IBM wins the race. But I, w- I would say we're basically in a hive right now. Like um, when you look at it, I mean, everyone's, you know, Conforming, whether it's with dress wear, whether it's with this, whether it's with that. Um, I mean, you look at Instagram. I mean, it's just a bunch of drones that, um, you know, just um, post pictures of themselves on how look how great they look. You know, so so the hive is is, is really an, an ever evolving mechanism of where the world is going, and then eventually the hive will become artificial intelligence. Now, the hive is basically going to be it's a network. And it's connecting everybody together. I saw a program on PBS years ago explaining the hive. And basically, you can download a language. You can just download a language, and it's right there in your mind. And what's scary about all this, not only are you being controlled if you're part of the hive, but what do you think is the predecessor to the hive that everybody who has a smartphone has access to? It's called the cloud. Yeah. Everybody listening right now who's got a smartphone, they may or may not be using the cloud, but the cloud is available and most providers are giving you so many free gigabytes of cloud space. So it's the, in my opinion, the cloud is clearly the predecessor to the hive. And, and I'll, I'll even I say agree with that. it may not even be a long. Well, I believe in 10 years, hard drives will cease to exist. They'll basically say, um, you know, a terrorist attack will occur and we need to store your data on the cloud because that's where it's safe and secure and we know what you're up to. But that's just my prediction, but I, I don't think hard drives will be around for much longer. Well, software is already moving in that direction. Uh, Adobe, the, the software company Adobe, if you want to yeah. get, you know, their latest software, for video editing, audio, all that good stuff, it's called Adobe CC. It's Adobe Creative Cloud. 
Oh, it's a good thing. Everybody can, you can, everyone can afford it now because you just pay a monthly fee instead of having to come up with a couple thousand dollars up front. And now you're using software directly from the cloud. They're getting everyone conditioned for this cloud. Everything's on the cloud. Back your phone up on the cloud. Back your hard drive up on the cloud. Yeah. Put your photos yeah. on the cloud. You know, your Google Plus is linked to the cloud. Your Facebook linked to the, I mean, everything is getting linked to the cloud. And if you're not curious that there's something going on about the cloud, if you just think it's some great thing that they're just giving you for free, you really need to do your research and understand that this is all conditioning us into the hive. This is conditioning us all to take the microchip, to evolve our technology, to evolve our personal technology, and they're going to make it so uh, so inexpensive to where everybody can be a part of this hive. When you actually ask Siri and you say, where do you live? She says, I live in the cloud. So there you go. All right. Well, listen, we really appreciate you coming on the fourth watch. God bless. Hey, God bless you, man. Hopefully we can talk again soon. Absolutely. It seems like the trend of our world is to identify with technology, becoming one with a dark science for the sake of human evolution. As we discussed earlier, this technology is working towards replacing the spiritual void one does experience outside of Christ. This idea of identifying with technology and human evolution, it draws me back to the real issue of what we were created for, which is identifying with Jesus Christ Yeshua. We must identify with Christ, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to cover quite a few scripture references tonight in a short time, so you may want to write these down for further study. Now, Ephesians 1.3 tells us this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ. So right there, we see that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in Christ. One thing we must understand from the get-go is that Christianity isn't simply a belief system. It's a whole new identity. Many people mistakenly believe that one's religious preference is irrelevant because all religions eventually lead to the same spiritual destination. Such thinking is sheer foolishness, and it's generally steeped in selfish ambition and many times pure ignorance. However, I only say this with the authority of Scripture, because Scripture declares that no one comes to God apart from Jesus Christ Yeshua. You can find that in John chapter 14 verse 6. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 puts it like this, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So Christ is the only source of salvation, and he's the only one powerful enough to redeem us and hold us secure forever, according to John chapter 10 verse 28. Let me quote that passage for you, and these are the words of Jesus Christ himself. He said, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Yeshua is speaking here of those who repent of their sins and follow him. Those are the ones who receive salvation from God's judgment, and they receive eternal life. And he explains here that no one shall pluck his true followers out of his hand. That's an amazing thing, friends. Now, every Christian shares a common supernatural union with Christ. Paul said this, But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. 1 Corinthians six seventeen. So we are in him, and he is in us. His life flows through us by his spirit who indwells us. Romans chapter 8 verse 9. As a non-Christian, you were in bondage to evil according to Romans 3, 10 through 12. 
According to 1 John 5.19, you were enslaved to the will of Satan before coming to Christ. You were even under divine wrath according to Romans 1.18. You were spiritually dead, Ephesians 4.17-18, and you were without hope before Christ, Ephesians 2 verse 12. But at the moment of your salvation, a dramatic change took place. You became a new creation in Christ, according to 2 Corinthians 5.17. You became alive in Christ, Ephesians 2.5, and no longer were you enslaved to sin, but now you're a servant to God, Romans 6.22. And it doesn't stop there, folks, but according to Ephesians 2.8, by Christ, you became a recipient of divine grace. You were delivered out of the domain of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of God's beloved Son, Jesus Christ. And that's right there in Colossians 1.13. So you now possess His righteousness, 2 Corinthians 5.21. And you share in His eternal inheritance, Romans 8.16-17. Wow! All those blessings and many more are yours because you are in Christ. What an amazing reality! In a sense, what Christ is, you are. What He has, you have. Where He is, you are. This is because upon salvation, the Holy Spirit, which is a part of God, fills your being. Just imagine, friends, part of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, fills your being upon salvation. So we are saved out of the dark, and we are saved out of this lost world. And we become a new creature in Christ. And it is Him that we are to identify with. As we take on the new identity of Christ Jesus Yeshua. As a born again follower of Christ, when the Father sees you, He sees you in Christ and He blesses you accordingly. But here's the million dollar question friends. When others look at you, do they see Christ in you? So I urge you tonight with this biblical command. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Matthew 5.16 So let's make sure that our true identity is in Jesus Christ. Just take a moment right now and thank God for His marvelous grace in taking you from spiritual death into spiritual life in Christ. Ask Him for wisdom and discernment to live each day for His good pleasure. Now, as we close this week, I want to leave you with a challenge, just a little bit of homework here. I want you to read the book of Ephesians, and I want you to note every occurrence of the phrase, in Christ. This is one of those phrases that shows up many times in this book. I counted 26 times to be exact, but I want you to think about that phrase as you read it. It's not about counting it. It's about thinking about it. What is it saying in Christ? Think about it as you read and answer these two questions. I would even encourage you to write these questions down in a journal or a notepad. First off, what has God accomplished in Christ? And then I want you to consider what blessings are yours in Christ? You see, folks, these are two questions with such powerful answers. You'll understand this as you read the book of Ephesians. And the answers to these questions will encourage your life as you grow each day in the Lord Jesus Christ, living each day to His glory and His honor. If you're listening right now and you haven't accepted the Lord Jesus Christ Yeshua as your personal Lord and Savior, and you haven't accepted His holy sacrifice on the cross to pay for your sins, it's absolutely impossible 
for you to have a solid understanding of his word. It's impossible to find protection from the demonic realm and the days that are fast approaching, friends. And furthermore, it's impossible to have peace with Yahweh Elohim, the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ Yeshua. But here's the good news. You can start anew right now. You can repent of your sins and have the wages of your sins paid in full. Now is the time to repent and turn away from your sins and make right with the will of God. You see, the Bible declares that we don't know what tomorrow holds, so we must take action with the time that we have right now. Repentance is the first step. This means turning 180 degrees from your past thoughts, actions, and lifestyles that are in opposition to the Most High God. Because of Jesus Christ Yeshua and His once and for all sacrifice, you can be forgiven of your iniquity and every sin you've ever committed. Yahweh is a jealous God, but He's also rich in mercy. And tonight, if you're willing to admit your wrongs and repent, He's willing to show you that mercy right now, friends. The wages of our sin is death, but tonight we can receive the gift of God, which is eternal life. But as it says in Romans 6.23, only through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's no other way to come to God, folks. There's no other way to get salvation. You can't earn your salvation by good works. Fact is, Jesus Christ is the only way. Every other way, folks, leads to hell. There's no authentic way to the Father but Jesus Christ Yeshua. I'm so thankful that God sent His only begotten Son to die on the cross, a living sacrifice, and shed His sinless and perfect blood to pay the debt of our sins and the ability to be seen as blameless before God on that day of judgment. Let today be the beginning of your communion and peace with God as you're filled with the Holy Spirit and begin putting on the armor of God and growing into an intimate relationship with Him. It's the will of God that you don't perish, but rather that you repent and enter into a relationship with Him based on His terms. If you're not sure of what God's terms are, I want to challenge you to start reading your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, get one and learn firsthand what God expects from you. Christ is our only hope, friends, and my prayer is that you believe on Him tonight. That's the most important part of the show and by far the most important decision you will ever have to make in this life. Amen. It's been an interesting adventure tonight, and I hope you've all enjoyed this broadcast. If you ever miss a show or would like to go back and re-listen to an old one, every show is archived in high-quality streams on my website, fourthwatchradio.blogspot.com. That's the number 4-T-H-W-A-T-C-H-R-A-D-I-O.B-L-O-G-S-P-O-T.com. Fourthwatchradio.blogspot.com. There you'll find every broadcast dated and summarized for your convenience. Be sure to scroll all the way down on each page and click on the words Older Posts to be taken to more pages of archived shows. You can also find my shows broadcasted by the Fourth Watch Radio Network on Shoutcast, Spreaker, iTunes, or if you have an iPhone, iPad, or Android, you can download the Fourth Watch Radio Network app and enjoy easy streaming. For higher quality broadcasts, stay tuned in via fourthwatchradio.blogspot.com for all the latest shows. Like us on Facebook and feel free to add my personal page as well. If the Fourth Watch is ministered to you and you would like to help support this ministry, you can follow the link on our website. I bid you all a week filled with grace and peace in the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll see you all next week. God bless and good night. You're listening to The Fourth Watch with Justin Fall on the Fourth Watch Radio Network.